Hello, and welcome to the How Fitting Podcast, where you get to hear from independent fashion designers and entrepreneurs about how they grow their business, making clothes that fit their customer and values. I'm your host, Allison Haynes. So today I'm joined by Audrey Cole and Mary Kunkel of Paris Bloom. So welcome to the show, Audrey and Mary. Hi, good to be here. For those listening who are just meeting you for the first time, could you each share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Whoever wants to go first. Okay, I'll go first. So I'm Audrey. I'm Mary's older sister. And Mary and I are the co-founders of Paris Bloom. Um, Mary does most of the design work. So I guess you could call her our chief creative officer. And I do more of the... um, like logistics work behind sourcing and manufacturing. Awesome. Yeah, I think Audrey covered a lot of what I do. Um, I get to do the the fun part, I guess, and then Audrey does more of the work part. <laughs> I mean, this both a lot of work, I know. So, um, awesome. So, um, let's kind of start from the beginning. What made you start a fashion brand? Um. We, we both have always been uh, creative people and it was something we wanted to do something fun together. Audrey very much spearheaded it when she was on maternity leave. She decided that, you know, we should just go ahead and give it a shot. So we did. And when was that exactly? It was probably about three years ago. Okay. So did both of you, or did either of you have a background in fashion or kind of what prompted the fashion business as an outlet for, you said you're both very creative people. Um, Yeah, so neither of us have a background in fashion. We, but we do love fashion and we share a love for dresses and we've always borrowed each other's dresses. And we were frustrated, um, you know, Mary, a lot of times, like when we would, we would, when we would go shopping, we would say like, oh, we love this dress, but we wish we could just tweak this about it or that about it. Mm -hmm. And so um, we, since we couldn't find sort of the niche um, type of dresses that we were looking for in the market, we started just doing research on how we could design them ourselves. And um, that's what we did. We figured out um, how to do everything from like design through, through production. Nice. And that's a lot to learn. Um, so yeah, I, there, I have a lot of questions kind of based on what you said. Um, so what, what was kind of the niche that you were looking for in dresses that you weren't finding? Like what were kind of the frustrations you were seeing in the market that you're like, no, I really want to, I want design this myself so I can have it. Do you want to say Mary? Uh, sure. So we love the classic, iconic woman, you know, when you're watching the old films with Audrey Hepburn or you're seeing Kate Middleton walk out with these gorgeous outfits. It was hard to find something like that in the store. Um, we were finding a lot of things, you know, that lacked coverage that you could wear to church, you could wear to the office, but you could also wear for an afternoon out on the town or an evening out. Uh, so we decided to go ahead and create a dress that we could walk, that we would be able to wear for all three occasions. Nice. And yeah, I love that kind of classic, like very tailored, but very um, 
like modest and classy look as well. So I totally, I'm totally with you there. Um, cool. So what did, like, how did, how did you get started? You said you did a bunch of like research, like where did you go to learn um, how to start your brand and how to start making these dresses yourself? What did that journey look like? Um, so I guess, well, first we knew we had to, we had to start with um, design. So we didn't even know what we, we didn't even know. So we had like sketches that we made or, or concepts. Um, and then we found out, you know, first we needed to make patterns. So we just started calling places and asking them what they would need to make our dress. Um, and we ended up finding a incubator, like a, a fashion incubator company out of Austin. And they helped us through um, designing our first, our first prototypes and making the patterns. And so you just found them by like calling around until you found kind of like a good fit for what you were looking for? Uh, yes, exactly. We Googled for a while and um, talked to, I don't know, maybe five or 10 places before we found one that would work the best. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, sometimes you just can't skip that research where you're just calling people, talking to them and finding the right fit. So how long kind of what did it take? Like, when you decided you're going to start this brand to when you actually started working on it, like, was there kind of, was it in the works for a while or were you able to kind of move things pretty quickly and, and get going on your brand initially? Um, so when we first started thinking about it, we wanted to launch some dresses a year out for the following spring. Um, but as we went through the process, we realized that it was, there was so much to learn and it was going to take us longer than we wanted to. So it took us about a year and a half. Um, so we pushed back our first launch to the fall instead of the spring. And it took us about a year and a half to go from coming up with this idea to launching the company. That's still pretty good from like initial idea to launch. That's, that's amazing. So how, how was the process like how did you guys feel about the process was it fun learning all these new things was it like a little bit overwhelming um I know production is not always easy so um what was it like kind of doing all of that for the first time I think it was very over overwhelming uh <laughs> sure there are so many small steps that went into it um just getting the prototype the way you want it and then you have to you have to go ahead and do all of your sizing and the sourcing of linings, interfacing, uh, buttons, zippers, the whole nine yards. Um, yeah, it, it definitely was a bit more time consuming than we thought it would be. Mm -hmm. So with your sourcing, like, did you kind of do the same thing where you just did a bunch of Googling and calling around or um, how, how was kind of that? Because I know a lot of people um, starting brands have questions about the sourcing, like how do you find stuff and, you know, where do you go to look for what you need for your designs? Yeah, so for the fabric sourcing, um, our incubator, they pointed us in the direction of a fabric show. So Audrey and I went to one in Chicago and then also one in New York City in order to find the fabrics that we wanted for each dress. Uh, there were also people there who uh, sourced linings and zippers. 
So that was nice to be able to go and actually feel the fabric. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've been to several of those. And unfortunately, like this year, they're all virtual. So it's a little more tricky. But exactly. Still- it's hard to decide what you want when you can't feel and stretch the fabric and play with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's when it's, it's like takes a little, the sourcing process gets a little bit delayed because you kind of have to like wait for swatches to come in to feel them and then decide based on that. So, um, and I just want to say often that um, it just kind of like to show how much we've learned during this process. When we show, when we got to the fabric show, we had no way to articulate what kind of fabric we were looking for. Um, we didn't know how to describe fabrics or their weight or their stretch. So it, it was, um, yeah. So that's also why it was just super overwhelming the first time we, we jumped in. Um, I mean, now it's better because um, when we talk to a vendor, we can describe properties of the fabric that we're looking for. Um, but we couldn't even do that when we started. Yeah. And that's no, that's no easy thing. So it's impressive that you're able to like learn all that yourselves right away, like even through the process of that first collection, because there's a lot there with fabrics. And I, I get questions on fabrics and how to describe them and what do I really need a lot. So um, that's really great that you're able to pick that up and we're brave enough to jump in, even though you didn't know it at first, because um, that's how you learn. So what was it like during, like, once you sourced the fabric, you had your designs, you started working with this incubator, um, what was it like actually making the first collection in, in the production, and then even afterwards, the sales of it? I've seen some of the images from your, marketing images from your first collection, and they're, they're really cool. So I, um, can you share a little bit more about what that was like and what it was like launching your first collection? Well, um, doing the first photo shoot was super fun. Um, maybe Mary, Mary, do you want to talk? So we, we want to talk about that because that was good before we get to the bad part. <laughs> uh, Mary, do you want to like describe how like the first photo shoot went? Yeah, the first, the first photo shoot was great. You know, we spent a lot of time on Pinterest, looking at other brands, deciding the mood of what we wanted, which was American Heartland. Uh, so we went to a Tennessee walking horse farm and did our photo shoot along with our studio photo shoot outside of Nashville. Um, so we had a complete blast doing our mood and getting the vibe that we wanted for our brand going. Yeah. Yeah. So we were very happy with how the brand, our brand um, came to life and we were very happy with um, the manufacturer's first samples. They looked fantastic on the models. Um, there were really no fit issues that the models had. Um, and, and we had a production sort of manager that was our, that was our liaison that was working with, um, that was working, um, with the patterns and with, with the manufacturer. And, you know, we, we thought he was doing everything he was supposed to because it was our first time, but we had a big lesson, which was that if you were the owner of a fashion brand, you really have to be involved in every single bit of the process. You can't just trust someone to do something right for you. So when we got delivery of all of our dresses, um, we realized that the markers had all been printed. Well, actually we didn't know what happened, but we, when we got delivery of our dresses, the sizing was completely wrong. Um, 
Mary was the fit model and none of the dresses fit her right. It, it like every dress shrunk and it shrunk in different ways. So some of them, like we were like, well, we can change the sizing guide. So some of the styles would be okay if we just change the, the sizing guide, but other styles, the entire like sleeves and armhole and bust were just awful. Um, the links were wrong. Um, so we had to do a bunch of investigation and um, we still don't know exactly what happened, but we think all the markers were printed wrong. The machine was calibrated wrong when all the markers were printed uh, because the sample markers were correct, but all of the production markers were wrong. Um, and our production manager hadn't done a top of the line check I guess. Mm -hmm. um, so we never caught it. Like we didn't, we didn't mm -hmm. catch it in the production cutting and we didn't catch it in the production sewing. We didn't catch it until everything was delivered. Um, so that set us back quite a lot. Um, and we had to change our whole sizing guide and we had to recut and re-sew. Well, not, we couldn't recut, re-sew because we didn't have enough fabric. Um, but we made sewing adjustments to try to like to fix sleeves and armholes and busts. Um, and we had to order more fabric. So um, it was really rough. <laughs> yeah, that is rough. That's, that's so hard to like, you know, get it or everything looks good, everything looks good. And then suddenly it's not. And then to try to figure out, you know, what went wrong. Um, that's a hard lesson too of, you know, checking in and, and, you know, unfortunately not being able to necessarily trust everyone you're working with. Um, that's really rough. But um, that's great that you were still able to kind of salvage some of the, the dresses and make some of it work despite the hiccups. Um, so how did how did the, the launch go then? Did you have to delay like when the dresses were released? And how did kind of this, the sales end and the launching of your brand be affected by, by that? Um, so we went ahead and we, you, did you want to talk about this, Mary? Uh, I mean, you can. It's fine. Okay. We had to hold back a few items and put them on, ship them later, but we were able to still launch on in time. So what, what were kind of your takeaways from that that you took going into your next collection afterwards? Definitely to be more involved in the entire production process. You very much, even though, you know, as a new person, you think that everyone knows exactly what they're doing and how it's supposed to be done, but that isn't necessarily always the case. You have to manage your production and be aware of all the issues that are currently going on um, and try to educate yourself to get them what what you're to get your manufacturer what they need to understand what they're trying to tell you and being sure that you understand what they're telling you enough to give the answer that you actually want to give mm -hmm. yeah so were you able to, is that another thing where you just kind of did a lot of googling and research and you and you learned that yourself or um, did you have kind of like reference or people that you went to to kind of, you know, ask those questions to be able to give the, the right answers? Or how did you navigate being able to talk to, you know, each, each person in the process and know that 
you know, what you're asking for is being translated properly. I think what we ended up doing, which was probably very annoying for all parties involved, is we would ask the same question over and over again in different ways uh, until all the answers were coming back the same. That, that's, a, that's a good strategy. Um, to, yeah, to make sure everyone's understanding. It's like, if it's still the same answer, no matter how I ask it, we must be on the same page. Um, nice. Um, so were there any other takeaways that you had from all that first collection? Um, I mean, we learned some things as far as, you know, since we're not, um, we don't have a store and we sell everything online, we learned some things um, about fabric properties and fit that help minimize returns. So, um, you know, we really like the structured fit, fitted look, but we definitely learned that fabrics with stretch are awesome to have because they're more forgiving. Um, so our return rate is much lower with those. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, that's our, that was kind of our, our main giveaway is that even though we love like the structured tailored look, if we can find ways to make the dress forgiving to fit different body types, um, that will definitely help your you know, reduce your rate of return. Yeah, yeah. That's such an important takeaway of, especially for selling online. And, you know, that's becoming even more and more popular now to do direct-to-consumer online because fewer people are wanting to leave their house and go to the store. But is that if you can make it fit more people, then your return rate is going to lower or, you know, how can, how can you sell it or how can you photograph it or, you know, describe it in a way to your customer where they, what they get is what they're expecting and then it fits them exactly how they expected. So that's, that's an awesome takeaway that you noticed that. So are those things then then you incorporated into your next collection? Um, Mary, did you want to talk about the next collection? Sure. So for, our next collection, we definitely tried to use um, more stretch fabrics. We had two dresses that had a beautiful four-way stretch to them that were also structured. Uh, so they, they just fit the body, the different body types perfectly. Uh, and then we also took some of our customer feedback to provide them, you know, with a more fit and flare dress that went better with uh, different body types. Um, as long as, along with uh, still doing one uh, very structured um, pencil dress. Um, so was that one, that one launched in last spring, right? The, that second collection? Uh, yes. And so I'm curious, how has, um, how has running a small brand been uh, in 2020? So our, our last collection, our spring collection launched um, back in March, 2020. I think it was the beginning of March. So it was right before all the lockdowns really started. And we, once all the lockdowns started, we basically saw our sales um, stop. Um, and they picked up, you know, they, they picked up, they picked up since then, um, but they've been really sluggish since then to the point where we, um, have ended up um, just cancel. We ended up canceling future production plans, 
And now we're just kind of waiting to see, um, we're just kind of waiting for consumer spending to pick back up. Mm -hmm. It's it's just been a hard year. Um, I mean, we've still been able to move product, but we've found that we've had to do a lot more sales as incentives to drive, um, to drive customer purchases. Mm -hmm. So since, you know, like making, um, doing small batches in the USA, your margins are already so tight. Um, It's just, um, there's not really enough profit left if we're running a lot of sales. So right now we've we've basically put our plans on hold until we see how the economy and consumer spending pick up. Yeah, it's been such a rough year for so many fashion brands. It's sad to see, um, but I really hope that this year, as everyone's so desperate for social interaction and co- you know coming out of lockdowns and feeling safe to go out again, that everyone's going to need a whole new wardrobe um, and it will pick back up. So hopefully that'll be the case. Exactly. So kind of back to, you You mentioned that you make small batch in the USA. Um, was that kind of an intention from the start of your brand to manufacture in the US? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, we really believe that you can help your community better by keeping it within the community also. Um, So we love being able to see how we're helping fellow people in our area work jobs on that, you know, will help send their kids to school, buy their groceries, pay their rent. Um, So we love to see that here. And also knowing that American workers have working conditions that are humane and that are there, uh, that's very important to us. Because that's one thing, like the kind of what I like to ask everybody about on this podcast is like how how your values affect um, both what you're designing and how you're making it. So I love that you, you know, have that value of supporting your local community and then you're, you made that choice to manufacture locally um, in order to, you know, be true to that value. So that's awesome. Um, so were there other, I know with your designs, um, I'm sure it, you know, it seems like you had very um, specific things that you were looking for in a dress that you wanted in a dress. Um, were there certain values of yours that influenced your designs and your brand in general? Um, I think overall we were just, I think something that's important to us is we wanted to avoid um, any type of, I guess, objectification of of people. So that's why we wanted our our dresses to be ethically made. We didn't want them, um, we didn't want to like exploit any workers during the process. And we wanted our designs as well um, to, we wanted women to feel comfortable wearing them. So, we didn't want um, our designs to be like overtly sexy or anything that would make women feel pressured to um, put themselves out there in a, in a certain way. So that's why we went with more of a demure design that was more, I guess, modest and classic. You know, that for those women that didn't want to wear things that were particularly provocative or sexy, we wanted to give them um, an option that they were more comfortable with. Yeah, an option that's beautiful, uh, that they could be 
feel beautiful and confident without having to, Mm -hmm. you know, wear something revealing or low cut or too short, you know? Mm -hmm. And so how do you think, um, because I think clothes really affect, you know, how we feel about ourselves and how we expect others to treat us um, and, and do kind of show the confidence that we have and kind of, you know, express our style too. So how do you think, um, I'm curious either from your personal perspective or from, you know, if you've heard feedback for your customers of how your dresses um, make them feel and how, how they use the fashion of your dresses to express themselves. So, um, you know, at this point we have, um, I'd have to look at the numbers, but, you know, we have, we have hundreds of customers and the women love our dresses. And one thing that they've said over and over again is that they feel comfortable in our dresses. I mean, they've also said that they're very elegant. They're very well-made. They're very cute. They're very stylish. But I think the common theme is just been comfortable. And I think they are, you know, we do choose very nice fabrics. So I think that's part of it. But I think they also mean that they don't feel um, like objectified in any way in our dresses and that the dress is really for them. And it's not to um, like impress men or, or anyone else. Yeah, and that, that's so important to feel comfortable and confident about your own body and yourself, you know, not just what other people think of you. So that's that's great that that all your customers have had the same experience of um, finding that in your dresses. Um, so what kind of fabrics have you found like work best for that, you know, in terms of the comfort factor and the, you mentioned some of them have stretched. So are there, are there certain ones where it's like, this is the favorite of, that everybody likes? Kind of your go, do you have a go-to, I guess? Well, we do have a bamboo cotton knit that is super soft and very popular. Um, so I know that one's a favorite. Anything else, Mary? Um, we also have a four-way stretch that is made of, I'm forgetting uh, the fabric it's made of, but it's the younger girls actually very much that one uh, because it, well, actually everyone likes it because it stretches in all the right spots um, and the way the dress is designed, it will accent, you know, uh, the things that you want to be accented and uh, not necessarily the other things. Um, so that one has proven to be very popular. Nice. And kind of give that, that structure, the tailored look that you're going for, but still the comfort as well, it sounds like. Yes. And there's also a pont knit that's very popular. And I think the pont has just um, such a great drape to it. It's a little bit of a heavier weight. And that one is a very popular dress. We made a Peter Pan with it. Um, and I don't think you often see a Peter Pan out of a pont knit. Um, so that one's great for the colder seasons. It's warm and cozy. So again, backing up a little bit, um, what kind of, what does your design process look like? You, you talked about how you had sketches put together, but, um, 
other than just kind of knowing like what the gaps were in the market that you weren't seeing were there you know what kind of did the creative process look like after that um so i've always since i was a little girl i've um i sewn clothes from time to time um and i was also known to take a shirt that I liked or a skirt that I liked and I would go to the fabric store and get pieces of lace or fun stuff that I thought would improve the look of it uh, and I would go ahead and sew that on my on my skirt or my shirt and then when we decided to go ahead and move forward with Paris Bloom Audrey and I would start with a sketch a general idea on um, and then I would go ahead and sew the prototype using my uh, mannequin. So I would drape um, fabric on it and, you know, fix it here and there until it got to the point that it was something that Audrey and I both liked. And then we would go to our pattern maker to improve that look. Um, yeah, so it was, it was a long process, mm-hmm. but it was a fun one. And so like about how long did that take kind of the, a big chunk of when you first started your brand that year and a half, like how, how long roughly do you think you spent on design versus um, the like technical pre-production side of things? It, it depends too, because the design process is a very creative process. Mm-hmm. Uh, So if your juices are flowing and you have a great idea in your head of something that you like, sometimes it would take me just two or three days to go ahead and finish um, from start to finish a prototype. Other times it would take me a bit longer. Um, If something wasn't quite hitting me right, it would take me, oh gosh, like two or three weeks to (laughs) finish a prototype. Um, The longest the longest part of the process was definitely uh, getting the fit down through the pattern maker and the grading, getting the prototypes from the pattern maker back, um, making tweaks and then finalizing it for production. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sometimes it's all the little details that take the longest time. It's like you get 90% there and you're like, oh, I'm almost done. And then the last 10% really takes 90% of the time. Um, yeah, well, it sounds like you have a very, um, like kind of a tactile creative process where you're like working with the fabric on a mannequin as opposed to just like sketching ideas on paper. So that sounds super fun. Yes. Um, because we did find Allison, we did, um, start with just a sketch and then had someone create a prototype based on the sketch, but it's, it just, it took so long that way to get to where we wanted um, that we found that Mary making her own rough prototype first, since she had that sewing capability, um, really helped us cut down on the number of iterations we needed. Gotcha. Yeah, that's super smart to kind of have more of a visual to communicate, especially if, you know, like you said, if it was the very beginning and you weren't really sure how to communicate what you wanted. Um, I'm sure having that that proto- that r- prototype, even if it was rough, was super helpful for that. 
So I'm also curious, where did the name come from? Is there a story behind why you named the brand Paris Bloom? So our company, we took inspiration from our company, from our great grandmother who designed her own clothes and she was French. So, and she loved fashion and she was like from a small town in the upper peninsula of Michigan. And um, we felt that she had, she was very stylish and had this French flair to her. And so um, we kind of wanted to pull from our French heritage. Um, so that's where we got the name Paris. And then the bloom part, um, my, my husband actually came up with that. <laughs> we wanted to do something with Paris and we were at my husband, we were at a hotel and he was using a soap bottle and it said something, something and bloom on it. I forget what the brand name was. It was some British brand, but he said, Oh, what about Paris bloom? <laughs> so, um, he came up with the second half of our brand name. That's fun that you were able to kind of give a nod to your, your grandma and your heritage and the name. That's, that's cool. Um, so also on names, um, are there stories behind the names of your dress designs? Not necessarily. Uh, we, we called them all, we called them all French names, French girl names. Um, and, you know, we named our dresses because they are some and we would decide, oh, this one looks like a Marguerite. Uh, this one looks like an Adeline. And then our holiday collection, we did name them Christmas French names, such as Noel or Grace. Um, That's cool. Kind of, I'm always curious because I feel like the so much of having your brand is in the storytelling, and so I, I, it's always fun to hear. I think you know where what the stories are behind the brands and, and the clothes. So that's cool. So another thing I'm curious about is how is it running a business together as sisters? Um, it's good, it's good. Sometimes it is difficult not to get into, um, you know, the, the regular uh, sibling um, dynamic of, you know, little sister, older sister. Um, yeah, but other than that, it's been really, it's been really great because there's so many things that we don't even have to communicate with each other um, because we're already on the same page. We know how the other one thinks, we know what their reaction is going to be. Um, so it's been easy to make decisions and work as a team. Awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm the older sister in my family, so um, I think my sister and I would do fine, you know, running a business together, but, but it's always an interesting dynamic when you mix, like, business and family, um, so that's great that you guys work together really well and are able to, like, have the same thought and decision-making ideas, so cool. So you, you mentioned having you know, kind of on hold for now of to see when consumer spending picks up again. But given that it does, kind of what is, what's what's next for Ferris Bloom? Do you have kind of a, a long-term like goal for the brand or like place that you, you know, kind of see it going or vision for it, I guess? So, I mean, I think we um, still really believe in the importance of American made and 
you know, especially with the coronavirus and everything it's done done to the economy, I think it's really important for small businesses um, to thrive and to bring back um, industries to the U- U.S. as much as we can. Um, and we, you know, have learned a lot from our first collection, and we have a lot of great ideas for future designs and future fabrics that we want to use. You know, um, if we come back with another collection, it's going to be amazing. So hopefully we'll have the opportunity to do that. That sounds cool. So Mary, have you been continuing to kind of make rough protos or, you know, be creative in the meantime, like get kind of work ahead on any of that or are they still kind of ideas at this point? I, I wouldn't say they're necessarily just ideas at this point. Um, I definitely always have uh, plans of what I want to make. Lots of sketches, lots of fabrics. Um, I do have several rough prototypes too that are waiting to be fully created into dresses. Um, yeah, it's, it's just something that, you know, if I see something cute or I come up with an idea, I definitely keep track of it, mark it down, uh, and would love to use it on a creation moving forward. Awesome. Well, this has been, like, so fun to talk to you both and learn more about the process of starting your brand, and it's so cool that you kind of went from, um, you know, not being in the apparel industry to having this idea and then like doing all the hard work and learning to get it done. Um, that's, that's totally amazing. So. Thank you, Allison. And I wanted to say just for all of your listeners, um, you know, the first time our collection did not work out, it was because we weren't working with Allison. So <laughs> our, our spring collection um, was very enjoyable and um, Allison, you made it a lot of fun um, to make patterns together and you also had a lot of great fit suggestions um where not every pattern maker um will I guess really help you perfect perfect the fit but I felt we felt like you were very collaborative with us and really wanted us to help achieve the best fit that we could so we really appreciated that Oh, that's so great to hear. I'm glad you had a good experience. And I totally love making clothes fit people well, because I feel like, again, that like, when something fits well, then you like, feel that comfort and the confidence. And so I love being able to do that for people. So I'm, I'm glad your second collection went smoothly in that area. Um, yeah, so I have one last question that I ask everyone at the end which is if you could communicate one value to the world through your clothes, what would it be? I would say confidence. That was exactly what I was going to say, Audrey. (laughs) Again, the sisters are on the same page. (laughs) Nice. I I always love hearing, and I think it, it shows, you know, it sounds like your customers, you know, agree with you that that's one thing that they, they, they do see in your clothes. So. Awesome. Um, so where can people find more about Paris Bloom online and shop your dresses? So you can find us at parisbloom.com. The social media. Yes, uh, we're under at shop Paris Bloom. On Instagram. And then we also have a Facebook page. Cool. I will link to those in the show notes. 
Um, thank you so, so much for joining me today and sharing your journey. I'm sure people listening will be able to totally relate and also learn from the insights and lessons that you've learned. So thank you for sharing. Thank you so much, Allison. Thanks for having us. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. I'm Allison Haynes, and I hope you join me again for the next episode of How Fitting.